0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of the Chariton School Report, a B Stars podcast. I am your host, Sabrina Ray, sometimes known round these parts as Boo. On the other end of this here recording is my childhood partner in crime, Donald Bone Man Munson. Don, <laughs> how did you get such a ferocious nickname, you saucy ne'er do well?
1: Oh, Boo quit playing you're the one who gave it to me although I will be honest I do not remember the specific origin of bone man unless you're referring to the like charnel ground that was my childhood home growing up was that was that the reason do you remember I do not
0: I do not remember but I remember I wrote it on some kind of package that I sent to you uh, I think when you were already living in um, Evanston
1: oh when I was at college yeah
0: Huh. Yeah. So it could I be. think that was when I started calling you Bone Man and it sort of stuck.
1: Uh, it has not it been didn't my at all,
0: though. what? <laughs> it didn't at all though. I'm the only one who ever calls you that. Oh, Yeah.
1: I did have a nickname in high school which was um Rudy. Remember?
0: Oh. I mean, what was I know it? your middle no, name.
1: What was it that they messed up my yearbook? Remember one year they gave me a yearbook? Uh-oh. Stan oh, wait, wait, you're It right. was Stan.
0: Stan That's Yes! That's what it
1: was. Yes. Oh my It wasn't gosh. Rudy. It was, well, Rudy was my middle name, Rudolph.
0: Yes. Well, Rudolph. But which is funny because that's the name of a reindeer, and I think of you as sort of a Louis-like character.
1: Oh, okay. I, I'll I'll take that as a compliment because I think uh, I I like Louis. I think well, I have complicated feelings about Louis, but uh, I do think he's got some force as a character. He's interesting. Um, but yeah, the the stand thing, man, that. That was my incredibly bad handwriting, and they didn't know, and so they just like, they're like, oh, his name is Stan. It's definitely not my name. All right. Um,
0: You're so not a Stan. That's what's great about it.
1: I mean, who is a Stan? Who's a Stanley? And now the only person I can think of with the name Stanley is from um, The Office.
0: Yeah, I think that's the only place where I've seen it in a long time. Um, It's been a weird week, huh? Apocalypse much? Um. It's almost the middle of May here, and the temperature dropped below freezing, and it was snowing on Friday. Well, I hate to so, tell you,
1: but here it's June, and the weather is gorgeous and also the uh the lockdowns have been lifted, and it's paradise and Utopia.
0: Wow, we're speaking each other across
1: really? the uh time time space continuum
0: I think we're gonna take the title of Windy City soon too, because it's gotten very windy here out of nowhere
1: uh it was miserably cold and yucky here, so. You don't have a monopoly on. Um,
0: so you're Very just nice. faking it. You're Got right. It. In fact,
1: I did not figure out a way to travel through the space-time continuum to have our podcast of B-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that I failed to do that.
0: Well, let's get to the point here. Um, I'm really excited because as we are recording this tomorrow, just a, several hours from now, really, not several, but quite a few hours from now, our show is finally launching. Um, we're going to be putting out episode one uh, of the Cherryden school report um, and it's it's been good man uh, the, the response I'm super
1: is... I'm super excited I, I I did not at all anticipate that we would get any sort of distribution so I'm extremely grateful um, for all of primarily your efforts but also for the um, the orange grove for, for doing this it's great
0: orange groves
1: my my mistake you'll edit that out. if you're grateful grateful. you'll get it right (laughs) you're just gonna have to cut that out i'm very excited about about this episode seven
0: yes let's talk about the cold open do you know what a cold open is it's that part of the show before the show proper begins that sort of sets you up in this case it's used as a gag almost
1: (laughs) I, i feel like this was highly anticipated by you uh because you alluded to it in some earlier Um, conversations we had.
0: That's because you asked me the question, where do they get these eggs from? Yeah. And I was like, I can't wait for you to find out the answer. And I want to know, do you think you were satisfied by the answer of where the eggs come from?
1: I was actually very satisfied with where the answer comes from. Uh, I thought it was, again, I am interested in how this world is supposed to work when you've got all these weird creatures working in harmony. And this was, to my knowledge, the first time we see um a an avian creature as a as a beast star or as a beast on the show, I was a little perplexed slash troubled by the size of the hen. It's huge. Um and yet Oh right, yeah. <laughs> she she almost is like bigger than Lagoshi. Right? Oh yeah, and she she but she appears to be laying eggs that are roughly egg sized. <laughs> so as opposed to like Laying watermelons or other um, appropriately sized eggs of <laughs> of animal origin, uh, so that was a little bit confusing, um, and the the it was a weird it it did a good job. It encapsu- was gruesome.
0: It, it, encaps- it was gruesome.
1: It encapsulated sort of the weirdness of the whole show, right? Like, there's this hen, and she's got this secret, which is. She's producing these eggs. She takes her job super seriously. And then, like, she thinks that she's fallen down on the job. And she gets all paranoid about it. But it turns out they just switched her eggs to the day of highest demand. And, I mean, she's so excited. But what does the future for Legum hold? Like, what where do you go after, like, do you just go into egg production? Like, that's her side gig. It's not even her main thing. It's like this thing that the hens all do together. It's like, oh, well, we pretty... But this implies that they've been impregnated, I'd like to point out. You can't just lay eggs, lay a bunch of (laughs) sterile eggs. It's not...
0: No, that's really weird, right?
1: But They're not getting into that for some reason. Oh, no, they're not touching that. And I don't really know how we can either. We don't see the male (laughs) hen, and we don't... The male hen. I don't want to touch
0: it. Um... You know what it reminded me of? It almost was like a propaganda film. Just like shoved into the start of the show. Like, do your part for the war effort or whatever. Like, sort of like, I know it wasn't a war effort per se, but there was like sort of a self-sacrifice and like a pride in like production feeling to the whole thing. I mean,
1: I got to point out as well, uh, there's a lot of animals and they would need a whole hell of a lot of eggs to satisfy the protein needs, especially if you're carnivores, like
0: right and the eggs are like that tiny yeah they're
1: normal eggs so like Legoshi's gonna be tearing through a couple dozen a day if he's gonna be a young growing wolf like he's gonna need a lot of a lot of protein I like to point out
0: there's this really weird part too where like the thing I was saying about it being a propaganda film she has this moment that's very commercial looking it's like she suddenly is like this is my surely that is my beautiful life
1: yeah it's true the whole
0: it almost becomes like a poster Like, beautiful life.
1: This is the thing. What do these animals do once they graduate from Cherryton? Where are they going? Like, what is... Like, is she going to go join a flock somewhere? And, like, she'll be a secretary-type person while laying eggs as her side job? Or... I mean, does it for any of them? Is it like, hey, I'm just going to do this full time? I'm just going to lay eggs. Just, well, why not? We got, we need the. They perfume. have
0: our. They have our world. We've seen glimpses of it when they went to the city. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they have like cafes and right, right, and, and clubs and like they have all of the like infrastructure. You can't and have stuff, a stressful
1: so. job if you're going to be like laying eggs on the side. Like I guess I, I just right. I just feel like we have farms, right? What's on believe. a Beastars farm? Like, what What? What, oh what? weirdness is going on there? It would make more sense if they had a more insect-based diet, frankly. Like locusts? Like, oh yeah, locust sandwich. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh, we got an ant-based sandwich here.
0: Legoshi proves that he likes bugs later, though, because um, when Jack confronts him with the porno mag, the, the the hot potato...
1: You skipped ahead a little bit, but yeah, that... Uh, let me just start off with... We talked about the, the cold open here, but this episode is whack. This episode oh, is, sure. yeah. is pretty crazy stuff. Um, it it delves into a lot of relationship stuff that I that it had given a much lighter touch to in all the previous... Not all, but in a lot of the previous episodes, it gets pretty deep into some of these things that I... You know, I actually sent you a couple text messages after I first watched it saying, like, this is nuts...
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like you—you you didn't know how to take in Haru and Louis' relationship, as far as like what Haru or Louis were getting out of it, and they sort of give you a little bit more in that regard by showing you a flashback to when um, they first hooked up, which was when Louis Louis was um, sort of hide in hiding because he was ashamed that his antlers had shed and it would take him 10 days to get a false pair of antlers to uh, to wear in public because he's so obsessed with his public image. And I think that they showed you, at least in some regard, that like Haru was sort of like an antidote to his narcissism. Like, she cut through his bullshit. She cut him down by calling him Bambi. Um, she grounded and, him, uh, she...
1: Okay I, I hear you there. I have a couple issues. One is dude, you shed your antlers every season, so why would this be embarrassing? Plus you're gonna get a fake pair, but what happens when the real ones are growing back? like do you have some sort of weird awkward transition where you like take a couple months off from school or something? This is so weird to me so that that was that was an annoying thing and and uh, the he the-
0: was really cute without his antlers though.
1: he was vulnerable I'll give you that
0: no Um, and I thought the vulnerability was very
1: adorable yeah you you harped on that with I think on some other comments. like you mentioned to me hey you know don't you like him when he's vulnerable um and I I don't I like his well I I should say I like his character his forceful nature I don't I can see that vulnerability in him without needing it to be expressly presented mostly because it's a lot of the internal monologue um but uh and because i have access to this i don't need to see him acting vulnerable because i know he's vulnerable um but well, at the he's same still time still a
0: little shit he's still a little shit oh, because absolutely. he has a fiance
1: well here's so this is the thing that first of all i get very bothered by that in the sense of if you and it would be one thing if this was like a match made out of love for him that he wanted but could not have because of the other commitments. That doesn't seem to be what's happening. What appears to be happening is that he is indulging in this dalliance because he can, and for no other good reason. And he is fully aware and makes expressly clear to Haru on a number of occasions that hey this is this can't go anywhere, it's not going to go anywhere, and I'm a desire to have it go anywhere beyond where it is, but I'm happy to indulge in the the fruits of your bosom uh what <laughs> uh, you know I'm the color guy that's that's some color for you, but he he's no, happy a to little
0: too much color but he's happy
1: to indulge uh the relationship with her without regard to what appear to be her emotions or feelings. And that's the thing that I find insensitive and the thing that turns me off the most about him is that I I don't know how much he cares about Haru's feelings. And if you're going to have an intimate relationship with somebody, I would like you to be, to work on that particular aspect. You should try to be on the same footing.
0: I became focused on them a little bit when he, when sort of she didn't know who the great red deer Louis was even.
1: Yeah, she said, who's this, who's this, this dude who's bleeding in my garden.
0: Yeah, like, and he was kind of shocked to learn that. And it reminded me of sort of like, um, there are like romantic comedies where, like, um a prince appears before a flower girl, like, at a flower shop, right? And, like, she doesn't know he's a prince. Or she doesn't know he's a rock star. And, like, that's sort of what, like, like, she's the only one who sees him as a normal person where everyone else is trying to get something Everyone from else him. is seeing
1: the the icon, not right. the person.
0: Right. And so I think maybe that's where they started from. And, uh, but they also give you kind of a reality check at the end because it comes back. It starts with her. No, it's not actually at the end. It's at the beginning. It starts with her and there's this really cool, sketchy art style. It's almost like watercolors, but muted and dark. And she's talking about her relationship and she describes Louie as a place with no warmth. Like he's not shelter. You know what I mean? Like, Louis is a, is well if he is shelter he's a temporary like like one of those wooden shelters you built in the woods as a kid this is in no way going to keep out the the, the storm. emotional storm yeah uh
1: yeah i can i i see that and and so one senses or observes that their relationship is hopelessly flawed i think so I am not a proponent of flawed relationships. Like in my existence, if you can see that that relationship cannot work, then you don't engage in it. Um, but I realize I come from a, I speak from a position of, you know, emotional strength. I have a, I have a wife. I have kids. I'm in a stable relationship. Sorry, all you podcast listeners who wanted uh, to available individuals to to ship your thoughts onto but um
0: talk smart to me big boy
1: but the you know if you're if you're young of my bosom if you're young and you are desperate to kind of connect with somebody then you you will often make sacrifices and get yourself into suboptimal relationships because you crave human connection or in this case bestial connection
0: um I love the line, this is a line that's actually in the show, and it's, I'm not that broke that I need to receive hush money from a blood-drenched deer. <laughs> and I think if anyone ever tries to offer me money, I'm going to use that line, because it's... <laughs>
1: I want you to remember that line even a week from today.
0: <laughs> I will try I will you know me you know me I am the person in any situation who will go and say something totally inappropriate or at least I was in a previous life I don't know if I am that person anymore because I have certainly matured
1: you you well I certainly had I had my share of saying inappropriate things um, usually on purpose I feel like You would say them, but you weren't always aware that the inappropriateness was comedic as opposed to cutting. Anyway.
0: I don't know the difference between the two, but I'm going to move on. (laughs) I'm going to say that uh, this is when Legoshi and Louis uh, clash again. Uh, Legoshi shows up wanting to talk to Haru, and he's starting to become a little bit more forward with his feelings. Uh, He doesn't mince words he doesn't exactly say what he's there for but he definitely says he's there to see Haru and that's a step forward for a guy that Ooh, yeah, couldn't I, get her to say his name for several episodes yeah I,
1: I agree the, the fact that he's willing to acknowledge like well I'm here to see her um, and meanwhile they're playing the kind of the hiding game like they, they can't possibly share that they're in a relationship and I was trying to wonder you know why not like is it are you not is this going to stain louis reputation is that the problem i mean who's who has the most to lose from this
0: i'm not sure that's an interesting aspect of their relationship that i hadn't considered that louis that louis is more concerned for his reputation than he is for the possibility that Ligoshi could be a romantic rival Um, but Legoshi is on top of Louis, like, literally. He's sniffing him, he's smelling him down. Like, this has happened before in the show, and it's been a little awkward, but this time he's literally just, like, on top of him. Like, just reaching around him, smelling him. And Louis's like, get off of me, bro!
1: Yeah, well, rightfully so, because no one wants to be sniffed up and down.
0: I mean, it depends on the situation. Yeah, well,
1: in this situation, you do not want to be sniffed up and down. Uh, because you presumably from uh Louis's position, you have something to hide. Um but I is Louis trying to protect Haru? Or is Louis trying uh, to protect Louis? And
0: I think in any situation Louis is trying to protect Louis even if he is under the delusion that he is trying to protect Haru?
1: I I, I don't know. I just wonder what does Louis have to lose. Like is it is Louis what Louis
0: has to lose is the act of not winning. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm just Does that make sense? I'm just confused like it, it really seems like Cherryton school happens fa- fairly separate from the outside world. And Louis been clear he's going to be going back to his fiance um, or chosen but it isn't clear whatever, that anything anyway. that happens at Cherryton is going to get out into the real world. So even if say Legoshi were to find out that Uh, louis sleeping with haru i don't see how that like if your fiance were to find out about that clearly that person would and likely should be upset about it but that doesn't really seem like that's a possibility so is it worrisome that is is haru an outcast and so people would frown on louis for having a relationship with like somebody too far outside the you know too far down the totem pole if you will or is it that he's trying to defend her honor, which we already talked about? Or it's, the motive was his motive for being uncomfortable and trying to hide the thing, the act, was unclear to me. For Haru, mm. it seemed a little clearer, although still not, because she is very forward. She seems to be like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep with whom I want to. I'll do what I want. But she's really uncomfortable, like just being like, hey, oh, nice to see you, Legoshi you know they, they want to hide this relationship ha- but why is unclear
0: okay so here's something i was thinking is that haru is for louis uh, some something special that exists outside of all of his other all the other images of him and the the life that he projects and the expectations that are upon him as the youngest deer that has to marry someone and all of that. Haru is this special thing that belongs only to him because he hasn't been public with his relationship. It's not something that other people have owning ownership over, right? So that was one theory I had about what he gets out of this.
1: Well, that's a really dark one because there it's basically he's Haru is an escape for him, and he wants to preserve that escape for his own...
0: I didn't say escape, though. No, uh,
1: well, I'm, in, I'm reading into what you said.
0: It's almost like finding a cat in the woods, and you keep it in a box, and you don't tell anybody about it.
1: And it becomes Schrodinger's cat.
0: And it's your cat, um, and as long as you don't tell anyone, it's kind of your secret cat. And... It becomes more special because of that. Like, if you just told everybody that you have this cat, maybe it loses some of its power and the magic of going to see it and whatnot. But I mean, I'm not trying a, to say... That's a though.
1: selfish... That's another selfish viewpoint because, like, how about the cat's feelings, right? What, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> Does Louis care about how his feelings?
0: No. I don't know. I don't know.
1: But that that like, scene threw me for a loop because I was like, I, I felt that Louis was... M- was he lost some, I I lost respect for him um, because I felt like he is not treating Haru Mm -hmm. in a number of ways that I would want two people in a relationship to treat each other.
0: So after this, Louis ends the conversation by sort of pushing Legoshi more towards Juno. And his reasoning is the same reason that he feels like he has to go along with the idea of uh mating with someone from his species uh, like as part of his lineage right it's it's a preservation of the species it's about choosing the proper mate um and it also is a way to get Lagoshi out of the way and push him away from haru it uh, uh
1: hits hits all those boxes, yes,
0: but when I read it. And I, I don't want to make this show about me being trans, but there is one more thing here that I thought played into my narrative, which is that we got a scene of Legoshi looking at himself and seeing that he got taller again.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he, he doesn't seem to want to grow anymore. He wants to be smaller and less dangerous looking because that brings him closer to Haru. And it also like takes him away from sort of the carnivorous impulses that he's found so distasteful in his own um, Mm-hmm. I don't know what to mm-hmm. call it, but, um, and for me, uh, I wasn't becoming a wolf, but as I went through puberty, I was getting farther and farther away from the idea of pe- that people have of womanhood, which is smaller, diminutive, you know, um, petite, petite, softer. Like I got more muscles. I got more hair all over my body. It wasn't smooth anymore. Like all these things that I thought like they sort of like invaded me and I definitely wanted to shed those or stop it somehow. And it was before I would say that I went through it before, like everybody was talking about it. So I didn't even know my options at the time. Like I had never heard people go on puberty blockers. There was literally no one in my school who was doing it out loud or in public. There was no no, one in any school in our state.
1: (laughs) Yeah, That that was not something that was conceived of at, at the time. And even today, I don't know anyone from our high school other than you who has declared themselves trans. Now, I'm not really running any of the high school circles. Maybe you know better than I.
0: Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about our high school now, but at least in the, in like the graduating classes and stuff that we were aware of, I do not know anybody know else anyone. in our state. <laughs> right. I didn't know of anyone in mm-hmm. our state who was the way I was and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely felt like I was under attack, and I, I definitely wanted to stop the, the process, but I couldn't. And Legoshi can't. And the idea of Juno here, and I think we're going to talk more about this as the episodes reveal sort of who she is. Um, the idea of Juno here is that she makes all of these things that he's sort of against... She sort of validates them and gives them a reason for being. So like he may not want to be giant and ferocious, but if he's with her, that makes a lot more sense being giant and ferocious than it does It's a fit. Right, it's a fit. And like it doesn't make as much sense for him to be giant and ferocious with a rabbit, unless he's going to eat it.
1: Uh yes. I What were your thoughts on Juno,
0: on what we learned here?
1: So this particular scene that follows, um, I, I noted that she was, she was totally taken with Louie. Um, I wrote, damn girl, get a grip, uh, when she was being a little more, um, into him. But I do, I, I like her as a character a great deal as she's been, as she has revealed over these two episodes that we touch on today's podcast. And I, um, she fits right the she fits what the world presumes everyone yes. would be in right yes. she she wants to she is a carnivore but she wants everyone to participate she is strong and confident she um she doesn't want to be with an herbivore she wants to be with another carnivore and that it is nice. In fact, everybody assumes that that's the yes. direction things are supposed to go. Um, so the world works for her, and she works for the world, and they, and you know, she gets a she gets a lot of power out of that.
0: Well, let's talk about this scene because the scene between her and Louis is quite the thing. <laughs> are we there yet? Are we at the scene? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We can, we can kind of jump to it. Um, she she enlists louis to help her dance after class um and then she uses it as an opportunity to, to sort of pin him down and like make it clear that she also wants to be a b star and that she's going to get everything she wants because she has like physical power she has beauty she has all these things and and at first it just seems like louis is just gonna like Go into a damsel in distress, and his 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 hand goes limp in her strong embrace. And well uh, oh, I'm getting a little excited here. Ooh,
1: yeah, geez. give yourself some ice water there. Get a little cool <sighs> down there. Ooh.
0: Seeing such a such an arrogant, haughty character such as Louis brought low by such a strong, powerful female force is just intoxicating. But uh, <laughs> he turns it around pretty quickly, and I thought that was a really good um show of what Louis's real power is which is his ability to sort of read the situation and uh and use information to sort of like bring everybody in line and uh she thought she had the advantage on so many levels and he just he wa- he lays into her like he tells her that he's she's never going to take his power with his never his never she's never going to take his status within the club and she's never, and and it's going to be way harder than she thinks to take Lagoshi, because she is entitled. She thinks that because she's a powerful gray wolf, that she can just take whatever she wants. And she's in for a rude awakening because obviously Legoshi has feelings for a rabbit.
1: Yeah, but you know, she's not, she's not powerless. And it's true that Lagoshi is the. Here's the challenge that Lagoshi has. Which is he's not wrong. The road for her is tough, um, but she has nowhere to go but up, and he has nowhere to go but down. So she doesn't even have to necessarily succeed a hundred percent to make Louis' life a bit of a mess. So, and I don't, I don't get the impression that he doesn't take her seriously because she does have um, some advantages that are going to make him that That could not work out all that well, I mean he's got secrets as far as we can tell, she's got none
0: no, oh, yeah, um, I totally jumped ahead to the second episode where we you did, going but to that's
1: discuss, that's fine but... um i was i was I actually did want to go back to episode seven and and go forward because this is the scene where Jack confronts <laughs> uh Lego she and I had so many questions because I was like. Okay, you're at a boarding school, you're in your late teens, and someone's got some porn. Like I was like for so kids can't have porn? Like is that no, something
0: no, no. I mean, remember that we, in the previous episode I suggested that maybe it's a, it's an equivalent to child pornography at one point or like I, Yeah, I mean let's, I, I let's I, say it's a really like
1: beast, I'm like beastiality. i like is say this deviant porn? Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, bestiality w- would be pretty rough.
0: It w- it would appear to be deviant porn.
1: Like, yeah, but it's not right because then Lagoshi is very mature about the whole thing. He was—he explains what it is. He—he he comes off, and just you know, he—he he sees Jack's completely nervous and freaked out about it, and he explains the whole thing to him, and Jack is fine. Let me tell you, if in college I had been with my roommate and found him with a magazine of beast porn. No rational conversation would have convinced me, like, oh, this is okay. No, I'm sorry, but (laughs) you're walking around, like, burn that magazine. I still, and the thing about the magazine is, like, the the guy was right. Like, hey, if you think this relationship has a future, then just make sure that, in fact, it's rabbits that you're into and not just misplaced bloodlust. And... Not that I want a scene of Lagoshi paging through a rabbit porn magazine, but, but we didn't like,
0: get that. We didn't yeah. get that, and I think that's the point. Like, I don't think he has actually explored that avenue.
1: No, I and think I he's think,
0: just rushing headlong into this thing.
1: I I think he's going. He's flying blind, and he's doing it deliberately. And he tells us as much, right? Um, and in fact, that's the. Be- I'm going to skip ahead to episode eight again because it's the. He's walking Haru back from the train and yes. back to the train and then they're talking and she can't read him yada 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 and and they start to talk and um this was actually a very i thought good scene um where mm-hmm. he's she's like well let's talk about why you know that first day we met you know a rabbit tried to sleep with you and you, you know you we never talk about this and he's like oh yeah well in fact that was that bit causes some uncomfortable things for me or things i don't know how to deal with. So I have ignored them. I have, I have pushed it out of my mind. I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta step up and process that. That's part of the whole point. And he's, he, in this whole scene, there's, it's quite clear. He's wants, he's willing to quote unquote, explore it, but he wants to do it while speaking directly with her, as opposed to resolving this as an internal narrative and sort of writing his character. Like he, he doesn't seem to want to do a lot of exploration of these feelings on his own.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I was getting at, in fact. like, um, He's been extremely irresponsible uh, with the information he's been given. um, Probably because he's in love. And I think he's afraid that he will get the wrong answer if he explores this any further. um, In an official capacity, as far as the porno mag and all of that goes.
1: So that, to me, strikes me as um, someone who is, they're afraid of losing that feeling that they have because it may be built on, you know, it may be built on false precepts. It may be built on bloodlust as opposed to actual love. Welcome to They, Them, There's, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast.
0: We're here. We're queer. Let's talk about it.
1: My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to.
0: And our cats.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you can listen at theorangegroves.com or search they, them, theirs on your podcast app of choice.
0: Until next time, take care, and remember nice gender
1: hello you beautiful blood-sucking babes i'm sahana and i'm kat and we're the hosts of summer twilight book club a podcast where two dumb bitches with social work degrees
0: reread the four horniest books of their teenage years if you're at all curious about any of the following this is the podcast for you does bella swan have a car crash fetish yes i am telling you right now the answer is yes Does Stephanie Meyer understand healthy relationship boundaries? Has Bella
1: Swan ever had a secure attachment in her life? How has Twilight impacted the societal and my personal conceptions of romance? Why does Stephanie Meyer, Osahama, and all other brown people
0: reparations? Why is Edward Cullen so into edging? You can find Summer Twilight Book Club at theorangegirls.com or on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you access podcasts to find out.
1: beginning of uh, episode eight where it's like oh yeah yeah did you read about the the duck devouring i, I love that they in the dub they're using the word devouring a lot i just i love it because it's like an offhand word they're like oh yeah there was a duck devouring the other night kind of like devouring is a really rough word to be
0: using yeah it's pretty but tough. it's
1: it's but it's true i mean I, I, that's what's happening i can't really argue with it but you know the world is a pretty it's and this is the thing again that Haru got to where she's like uh, you know um, I don't think you can understand why um, you know because this bugged me a lot actually um, Lego she tells Haru oh uh, when she's like you never explore your feelings and he turns it back on her he's like well I didn't want to process that night and then immediately says but I, you shouldn't just throw yourself away like that you shouldn't you know. Just give yourself away, basically. Yeah. And I, I, I got overtones of like, Roxanne, you don't have to turn on the red light. I was like, well, she's not a prostitute. <laughs> she's not putting herself out there in the sense of like, she's not selling herself. Uh, and then she He's responds. put her
0: on a pedestal. Absolutely. Think, she is think... his
1: virginal queen or whatever when she is clearly not. Um, and But what's weird is she doesn't respond by totally puncturing his bubble. She does, in the sense that she says, um,
0: "You've never known what it's like to live life constantly in the fear of death."
1: Yes, thank you. You 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 nailed it. <laughs> but what kills me about that is that is a, a bit of a cop out. Like I, the answer should be, "I am comfortable with the way I live," not. I am so close to death that I throw caution to the wind, mostly because I'm like, well, not all the herbivores are throwing caution to the wind and running around like living as if it's their last day on Earth. Right. Um, You, you're. He's accusing you of that, and you're feeding into that particular mentality. When I don't know if that's true or not. Like, it it really. I struggle because I'm like, well, she does have a point. People are literally getting devoured. Right.
0: And she made me feel like she was saying that because um she feels like she still hasn't had that love connection that she's looking for with anyone so maybe she's like waiting for not prince charming but somebody who can give her a reason to not do those things to herself yeah
1: yeah i i, I agree completely and i i just was i was surprised that haru the strong confident haru who can tell off the harlequin rabbit um, doesn't turn that back on the Goshi and be like, you know, who are, she does say, who are you to tell who, me this? Yeah, but, exactly. But she doesn't say it in the sense of like, I can, she does it in a way that says I would be that person, but for the fact that my life is on the line every day. Right. Um. But I, I, I want her to be confident enough to say, don't tell me how to be. Like, that's not who I am. And I'm perfectly happy looking for love this way.
0: And then there's a moment when she sort of says, like, stop treating... She doesn't say it out loud, but she implies, like, stop treating me like a rabbit and just just take the lead and run. Like, be a wolf. Oh, and
1: then and, he... Yeah. And he does? But but his... The, the in, internal monologue, again, comes out for Legoshi. And I was like, what is going on? Because he's like... I'm, for the first time, I'm declaring myself a wolf in front of the my my first crush, and I was like, "Dude, what? Get over yourself!" Like, what? I this I I struggled with, and I feel like it's lost in translation. So, what does declaring yourself a wolf really mean?
0: Um, taking ownership over the qualities that maybe he has previously uh, undervalued.
1: Okay, but we are doing this as he is running away from an angry mob that is accusing him of trying to eat her. So I, <laughs> just, the, that the, is true. It's it's a it's weak sauce again. I feel that's not. Uh, I just don't feel like you're a big old, um, scary wolf when you're running away, when a rabbit's right. pulling you. So, I, I don't know. I I thought that that but scene he had didn't a lot use, of stuff. He
0: later to... uses his powers to to seek out Haru and protect her. So and blow maybe Juno's he, mind. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. So maybe in a way he is recontextualizing what being a wolf means. Being a wolf, in his mind, those strengths of his, those powerful paws, the, 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 the fangs, all of it can be employed in a protective manner as well, which is something that Louis has sort of shown him in some ways right like he uses his powers to protect but uh ever since the haru incident he started to see himself as more and more of a destructive force maybe he could be someone who guards the rabbit rather than just be (laughs) who wants to devour it
1: the devour just gotta love that word
0: i do love that word and i love the part where she describes how carnivores growl from the throat
1: yeah, no, and that that's terrifying and they need to do it less. Be cheerful, she commands.
0: Oh, yeah, but his smile is terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's and that's something that's just the nature of being a carnivore. What's he supposed to do about it?
0: Right. Um, I think we skipped some stuff, so I just want to go back real quick. We skipped a bunch of stuff, please, quick. yes. I want to go back real quick and just say I love Jack. Um, He's a good boy. Uh, I see him as a true friend, a magnetic north. Um, I love the way they s- kind of slobber over each other. I, I he mean, really yeah. knows he really knows uh, Lagoshi very well. They've been chi- they were childhood friends or friends for a long time at the very least. Um, and they should sleep together. no <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think you uh, you're giving away the giving away the game there. No I, I, I've, I actually thought that was a wonderful scene where jack finds out about this porn the only thing that um to me felt awkward about it is i was like how big a deal is this like he's getting a little worked up over this but i thought that the you know he's concerned for his friend and his friend understands his concern and puts him at ease it was a i thought it was a really heartwarming little scene
0: yeah i I like that Legoshi, like, we described him as a lone wolf, I think, a couple episodes ago, but he definitely has friends. Yeah, Um, and Jack is a great friend. And he's going through something. He's going through something that's very private, that now is out in the open, somewhat. Like, obviously, all the details aren't out there, but Jack is still standing by him.
1: And he also seems like the kind of person who is, in fact... Um, very private. Like, even if he weren't go through, going through anything, he'd be very private.
0: Yeah. And, and this is, this is also the scene where Legoshi comes right out with it and he declares that his feelings for Haru are love. Um, I don't remember if he declares it to anyone in particular, but he declares it to himself at the very least.
1: Well, are you talking about the end
0: of the episode? Um, right after the scene, um, Hold on. It's, um, so yeah, he, he declares it to himself that he's in love. He He does
1: declare that. But where where are you? And
0: then he says, is this love baby? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more.
1: That's no, no, (laughs) no, that doesn't happen. Uh, no, Business I love. the reason I say that is because Baby this episode Don't hurt
0: me. Okay. Don't hurt me. No more.
1: No, no more. Um, the <laughs> The this definitely happens at the end of the episode. I don't recall it happening at the end of this scene, but I could uh, be wrong because it's been a few days since I looked at it. Um, I the reason I bring it up is because when he says it at the very end of the episode, it's bonkers. He says it on top of a huge fit of jealousy. Oh my god, uh, that's
0: amazing! That is amazing because he's got paint. Like he, oh, that's right, he's he ex- painting. Yes, the he's t-rex. Painting
1: And squeezes the tube, it explodes. He's like, it's like full of. It's it's rage love, my friend. It's it's, just, it's, it's like psychotic yeah, it's, love.
0: It's just mashed on his face, just like It's just like I love the rabbit.
1: But well, I know, and he's it's seeing it's understanding the true nature of Legoshi and of oh, sorry of um, Haru and Leo, Louis' relationship, and and he was actually right prior. to... This is at the end of the scene when they're um, setting up at the festival, and Haru asks Legoshi if he'll help, and he says. No, I I'm busy over here and he's like that's the way it's supposed to be, right? We got our our herbivores over there, our carnivores over here. That's the natural order. This this feels okay. Everything seems to be going fine. He's going to move away from her. He's he'll eventually move into Juno's arms. We're on the right path, right? Right? That's how it's going.
0: Yeah, it his love is very distorted at this point because he has not made it clear and it is mixed up with his hunger, with his lo- with his whatever vice he has towards her like the the desire to devour her but um i mean if i if what i said is true and it is an addiction narrative uh this is this is basically him making the declaration that he's going to pursue this and he's going to do what he wants and even if it's only, totally destructive it, even if it's totally destructive yes yeah,
1: going down the rabbit hole if you will
0: oh my god again going up the rabbit hole
1: <laughs> you know i mean i I'm using a play on words and what are you doing you are you are not doing that you are not doing that uh, so uh, so from I so what do you the title of this episode, as we close it out and transition fully into episode eight, Below the Fur Coat, that's that. That's just matters of the heart, do we think?
0: Right, right. Well, okay. the Japanese is slightly different, but it's pretty much the same meaning. It's ben- beneath the uniform, beneath the fur, and what's below that.
1: Whoa, that's a, a much longer title.
0: <laughs> right, it It's... I'm not even... I'm probably literally translating it because it doesn't appear on screen as anything but the English title that you get. It's about what's inside and what's happening inside that is not related to the external, the very internal feelings that are starting to boil and cook.
1: So then when we move to episode 8, Caught Like Floss in a Canine's Tooth... That's, is, a, that's a mouthful. You bet it is. Is that the Japanese? Uh, is it that is the, Japanese the same. Is? It's the
0: same. Alan. Okay.
1: That one. I I don't know what it means. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of what it means in the episode because I don't really feel like, I mean, is it, is it, is it Louis and Juno? I, I couldn't quite figure out where, you know, I'm not expecting it to refer to a specific scene, but this is a very sort of specific imagery that someone's trapped um, by a, a predator by a, a carnivore and I, I don't know exactly where that happens, but um, this was weird because we've got you know Lego she's depressed because he's come down off of his paint high where he 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 stated he was gonna love he was gonna go after Haru and and you know I, I don't know what happened, but it looks like later that afternoon everyone's going home. The mayor happens to be a lion, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, he is a very weird interesting. character.
0: He's very weird looking, right? There's a reason for that, which I think it's going to be fun for you to discover. So we'll talk about that in the next episode.
1: Oh. But, ooh.
0: Yeah, he's awkward looking.
1: He is awkward. He also, honestly, the dubbing made him sound just a little like i think they do a very good job of some of the other stuff just sounding very natural and he did not sound natural no he
0: doesn't there's a reason for that so okay you'll see um
1: without spoiling it which you've pretty much already done okay
0: i have not spoiled it
1: no you haven't you haven't but you've merely by saying he's coming back because we've actually seen a lot of these characters and they don't seem to come back like where's where's the panda psychologist who's beefed up like I, I, I want to see a return. Well, I now I can't
0: ready. spoil it for you, so shut up.
1: All right, uh, I'm just saying. Just saying. I can't
0: tell you if he comes back or not. Well, what that's about a spoiler. the what
1: about the aardvark who's selling his fingers? Does that one make a reappearance?
0: Is that what he was an aardvark? I always just thought he was a goat. I couldn't tell.
1: Oh, maybe. Uh, I, I. He might I have been like an had a long proboscis.
0: It's been a long time since I've heard the word aardvark. I feel like that was one of your favorite words growing up and I was what? more of a no. Marmoset girl. No,
1: my favorite word was um uh oh growing up, I don't know.
0: Vespartan?
1: No, that was the name of one of my characters that we would play when I was playing Ultima Ultima 5, I think. No, it wasn't no, Ultima 5, true. it was like Ultima no. 6 and later.
0: Yeah, maybe 6.
1: Ultima 5, man, that was the best game. 6. All right, we're not getting my into that. Computer to a halt. Ugh, oh, 6 was a mess. All right. Um um, so yeah. yes, we've got.
0: Um, yeah, let's talk about this. Goshi appears like a monster. Yeah, I wrote down. Why spook. is
1: Legoshi so creepy? What's going on? His eyes get all bloodshot and stuff, and yes. like, what the hell is going on with this? Like, are they trying to like? Because I just, in my heart of hearts, I know that Legoshi is not the like secret predator running around killing people. Mostly because it would be very he'd have to have like a B personality, you'd have to be a total schizophrenic. So that's not him. Uh and it would be very discordant, I think, with the show. So I know that it's somebody else out there. Are they trying to like fool me? Are they trying to make it like, oh, you know, it's big bad predator? I don't know. No, I don't think
0: so. I um I think he is not fully in control of how he appears sometimes, but in this case, she thought he was trying to be funny with the whole like, "It's a dangerous world out there." Like he just like, like growled he's it a like. Joke? Yeah, like she she was like, "Was that supposed to be a joke?" And like, she's pretty brave, but he was kind of scary.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you're joking around with your big scary friend, and he decides to like push you, like twenty feet down the road just because he can. And you're like, oh, dude. Yeah, as we discussed earlier. Harm.
0: As we discussed earlier, he gets he gets kind of a bit controlling with her, and he's a bit self righteous, and it's just not a good look for him.
1: No, no, and you know, then to to sort of shortcut a little bit of that and go back to the the discussion underground. There were when I say underground at the train when they're waiting for the train. I'm really I want to understand. Does does Haru really feel that she would be different if she were safe, and I just don't get the impression that she would be. Um, I so I think she still has some growing to do, but we don't get to see the same sort of um, like one thing I'll say for Lagoshi—he doesn't know much, but he knows he's on a journey of self-discovery. But you don't actually get that sense from other characters. They they are not blossoming in the same way. Maybe I'm being too harsh on Haru. Maybe she still has. To grow
0: here's a question here's a good question for you and it's something that i sort of started to think about around these episodes does haru care whether she lives or dies really
1: well she definitely gives the impression that she, it doesn't matter like she oh would any i think it was earlier in this episode where she's like i'm such a loner would anyone even notice um but of course comes back to her like well you would notice don't you care about your own self if you would vanish off the face of you um and if you don't value yourself then you do end up in dead-end relationships with people like um louis just just pointing out for all of you listeners out there who are young and impressionable value yourself first that's that's the way it's going to work out you're not going to net the good man if you're just like oh anybody will do because i'm a piece of i'm a piece of dirt don't do that ladies don't do that men you're you're good for yourself.
0: Well, I think it's important that we wrap up here. Um, to me, at the end here, Juno is trying too hard. Like, she's trying to ingratiate herself to the club. She's trying to, like, put out that alpha wolf, like, energy. Um, and she hasn't really paid attention to who Legoshi is. Like, she only sees him. As that 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 uh, that statue of she's projected her desires
1: onto him. Uh, Like this is this is what she like. He is a male. He's a handsome male gray wolf. He's in the theater program. She's a natural fit. She's like this. This is what's going to work out the best. This is going to be the best combo. Without at all considering like what is his feelings, wishes, desires, etc. She just assumes they're going to be. Normal ones that would be funny. like, Oh, you gotta be with another grey wolf. But I, I still and maybe my view will be colored.
0: But I just don't think she knows anything about him. She hasn't taken any time to learn like what he likes or what he does. She that's, just that's sees, the perfect like,
1: projection of youth.
0: How she lo- how
1: he how yeah, yeah. he looks but on like, her arm. This is this is all too depressing and um natural when you think about how real people are like they project their own feelings and thoughts and desires on other people until they know what the truth is and it's even more true of young people who are like well the world's my oyster and she's you know she's a first year or something i I don't remember but she's very new so it doesn't necessarily surprise me that she does that i still like her as a character a good deal though and i'll give her the opportunity to grow and develop you may be colored by later views of, of what occurs i don't know maybe you're maybe i'm speaking out of turn but um I'm very curious to see whose thoughts are validated on the perspective of Juno. I, I like Juno. Do I want things to work out for Juno? I don't know. Maybe, because I just feel like um, that may end in the least heartbreak, for Legoshi at least. It still leaves Haru as a big hanging question mark.
0: See, that's what I think. I think that Juno is young. She's She's not... She's so used to getting her way... At this point. Um, and she's... She's ambitious. And she's... Uh, she was described as greedy in the Japanese version. Mm, okay, um, yeah. But, I mean... By Louie, though. By Louie. I mean, Louie's well, not the uh, best look, ca- like person to be Kendall, saying someone else is greedy. Me. Right, exactly. But, um... Let me finish that thought. Basically, it's... It's like... I think that she can grow. Um, she's a first year, as you said, and if she eventually is there when Lagoshi needs her, and at a point where his relationship with Haru hits one of the many roadblocks that it is inevitably going to hit, and those aren't even the roadblocks of is is will they or won't they like be eaten or eat each other like. The well, she won't eat him probably yeah, that would be um, a very
1: different turn but
0: uh. like it's not even those roadblocks I'm talking about it's the societal roadblocks that we've seen glimpses of where other people viewing them as sort of like an unnatural coupling uh, seems to have some impact on how they behave um, and it could potentially like damage their own self-image of their relationship, Haru and Legoshi. So if she's there when something bad like that happens, um, she could be the one to pick up the pieces or she could be the one to be available and get to know Lagoshi on a more intimate level, even without the promise of you know sexual intimacy. Well, she, yeah, she has a lot so of... So I think yeah, there's potential.
1: I, I mean, this show legoshi seems to be our main character here legoshi and haru but the the true nature of a show is how often do you see a character in their own soliloquy and their own asides and for the most part that's legoshi so she will obviously be a foil to him it does remain to be seen what kind of a foil you know better than i
0: i know some things but i don't know much because there's only a couple episodes left
1: only a couple
0: episodes faithful four listeners episodes after this right so,
1: I honestly haven't paid attention.
0: Well, you'll you'll get.
1: It's all a gorgeous surprise.
0: You'll get some some big action. I can promise that. <laughs> things get things get actiony. They they. That's they really interesting
1: because. Uh, I I thought these were two. Very interesting and enjoyable episode. Well, especially what is it? You, seven what is is it, what, what
0: aspect of the show are you most attracted to right now? Is it when Jack is pinned down by Lagoshi and his strong arm? I'm sorry, I'm going to stop doing that now. Uh, but if if the listeners will you, w- if will the you listeners really? want to hear us talk about shipping, you can join our Patreon. <laughs> Uh, the orange groves slash the orange groves, and uh, if you join it at the two dollar tier, I believe, uh, you'll have access to all of our extra content, and we go deep into the shipping. <laughs> I,
1: uh, going deep is uh, we I mean, we explore I go deep the shipping the- concept. <laughs> yeah, okay, whoa. Well, no, I'm. No, we explore. Just... We
0: explore some of the shipping that we don't talk too much about during the the proper show, but.
1: Yeah, I I was not, I have, I remain in a state of blissful ignorance until you wrote me in, but these, uh, I would say the thing that I find interesting or is when these relationships are developed and when, you know, what happens when things aren't how they intend to be. So we had the big reveal with Legoshi and, and Louis and Haru, lego she knows haro and louis don't know lego she knows um and yet there's been like no payoff from that no like lego she is such and i i'm gonna start using terms that i probably shouldn't he's such a beta he's like he's not at all forceful in this even though in that very episode 8 you know this is after he knows he's like for the first And he starts running after Haru basically yells at him like start running you fool or we're going to get caught he's like here i am presenting as a wolf for the first time i'm like dude like you're you're 8 episodes into your own show now you got to you got to be doing more things i want him to i want him to grow a little faster. I'm impatient for him to take the reins of his life a little more.
0: But do you th- do you think she's good for him in that way then? That Haru is a good influence on Legoshi.
1: Do we think that Haru is the best character to cause Legoshi to to grow? Um, I I think it is a very um, dangerous and lonely growth because he is in fact not sharing it with her at all it is very internal although to his credit he does seem to be trying he does want to talk with her and he comes really close to telling her that he uh, we, we glossed over what is one of the most important bits where he's like oh I'm gonna tell her about the fact that I nearly ate her uh, I attacked her in the in the in the courtyard that night and she's like oh I re- by the way I was nearly devoured once uh this is where the scar on my arm comes from i never saw right. the person and he, he realizes wow this would uh, this would deep six the whole thing i think i mean it would have been a very different show if he had busted out with it right there um i would have been very curious to see hotter's reaction because honestly that would be very interesting for me to see maybe that will be revealed later i don't know i mean I, it's it's a hanging chad so presumably it will be revealed at
0: all some right point. well whether
1: it would be a yeah, I was going to
0: say that that's all the time we have, but if you want to finish your thought, go ahead.
1: <laughs> nope, I I I wait with bated breath.
0: Thank you so much for joining us again on the Cheriton School Report. I am your host Sabrina Ray, and I'm just so ecstatic that the show is finally out there and people are getting to listen to it. Um this show is part of a diverse community of smaller creators and marginalized voices. I said at the top of the show, uh, if you want to support us, go to the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theorangegroves where you can access exclusive content, including us talking about shipping. <laughs> um, and other and from us and other amazing podcasts on the network as well. Um and uh We'll see you next time. Don, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Uh, boo, it is always a great pleasure. Haru! Ha- haru. <laughs> ha-
0: haru. That's how you pronounce Haru. <laughs>